I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome and welcome and welcome in episode 74 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvolution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates. You can also drop an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments or feedback, feel free to let me know how we can make the show even better for you. Hopefully, you've enjoyed this week's episodes. We have had an amazing guest Matt Thornton he is back today one last time we've already talked to tight ends we've talked to quarterbacks go back and check those episodes out if you didn't already and today we're going to do something that all us dynasty degenerates love to do we are going to get down and dirty in the UDFAs and talk about these long shot prospects that we just love to stash on our taxi squads and if they ever do anything we are going to victory lap like crazy so, without further ado, come and dive into the deep, deep dirt with us, the mud, the weeds, and let's find some gems. Something is wrong with you! I got a fever! Adam himself could not resist the temptation of rookie fever! Here we are again, folks. We have now officially covered off the wide receivers, the running backs, the tight ends, and even the quarterbacks. Matt has stuck with us, which thank you very much, Matt. appreciate that. Um, he has stopped crying, which has been fantastic. Sam Howell, um, you know, sorry, I didn't mean to mention that. Apologies. We'll uh, edit that out. Um, but yeah, we're back again because we're going to do what all true degenerates do this time of year. We're going to get excited about UDFAs. So we are going to dig through the mud and the rubble and the and the and the weeds, and we are going to find some gems here, some future RB ones, wide receiver ones, maybe even QB ones, and uh, yeah, give you some little uh, some little hints and tips, some guys that we are interested in or we're looking at or we're kicking the tires on in our rookie drafts or maybe just on the waiver wire probably. Um, but yeah, I love I love a good UDFA sesh, um, much as it is a waste of time at <laughs> a lot of the time. So, what about you, Matt? Are you a big UDFA guy? Absolutely. I mean, th this is my ideal kind of thing to talk about because like you mentioned, all these guys, they're, they're probably going to equate to nothing. But if one of these, just one of these guys has to hit and we look like absolute geniuses, Evan. So this is the perfect kind of show. There's no pressure. But if we nail one of these guys, you'll not hear oh. the end of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the sound clips will be will be recirculated uh, ad nauseum if any of these guys ever do anything. Like literally the, the minute they catch a pass or get a touchdown, it's going to be, you know, they're going to get the hammy award because I'm going to blow my hammy out on this victory lap that is going to be absolutely glorious. Um, but yeah, UDFAs, I mean, I, I feel like if you don't really love a good UDFA, I don't really know if you're that into Dynasty because I feel like that's part of what we love about it. We love having like taxi squads and just like stashing these guys that we just loved in college or that we just we just always had a soft spot or we always thought got a raw deal and they could just, if they just got the chance, man, you know, they could be <laughs> something. So uh, we're going to run 
run through our list here. I've added some and Matt's added some and we're just going to chat through them and see if um, see, we'll kind of like all throw one out. He'll throw one out. And we'll just take you know each other's pulse on like interest levels and what we're thinking and what we, what we like, what we don't like about them. Um, so first up here is a guy that honestly, genuinely, I wasn't really a big fan of when I graded out. I graded out about 25 running backs, I think. And he, to be fair, just full disclosure, I think he graded out as like the worst running back <laughs> in the group. But the reason I've included him on this list is because in all seriousness, um, there was a couple of people that I know that I respect that did really like him, or at least they said that he has a really intriguing skill set. He's got some speed, um, good pass catcher. And those are things that are really good for fantasy. It is Tyler Goodson. So he's a running back. Um, he went undrafted, but he has attached himself to the Green Bay Packers. Now they have a fairly crowded running back room, but in general, they have a sort of dearth of weapons. Like they don't have a lot of established weapons. And we know they have a very prestigious uh, quarterback there with Aaron Rodgers. We know they have high hopes for like their, um, you know, hopeful Super Bowl run. Um, but what are your thoughts on Tyler Goodson? Do you have any interest in him? Anything, any intriguing stories, any funny backstories for him? <laughs> any, anything, any, any tales that you wish to um, partake of? Sadly, no, no funny stories, but a little bit like yourself, not a guy that I was super high on entering the NFL draft. Um, I mean, obviously gone, gone undrafted. So maybe, I, maybe we we're both right there, Evan, in the fact that we didn't really rate him too high. Nailed it. <laughs> so that's one win for us straight away. But yeah, landing with the Packers, it does become interesting. Um, Aaron Jones, I believe that they've gotten out on his contract after this year. So um, maybe he could be a, a committed back next year. Looking forward to, to next year alongside uh, AJ Dillon. And we know that he's more of that that pounding back, that that tough runner. And then getting somebody like Goodson to, to tie alongside him. Um, yeah, definitely a guy that could potentially have some some upside in this in this offense, like he touched upon. Obviously, got one of the the better quarterbacks in in the NFL, let's say, in, in Aaron Rodgers. So um, it's got to be intriguing just in terms of, of landing spot um, and the skill set that he possesses. So yeah, definitely somebody that you can you can pick up if if you are able to to put him in your taxi squad. Yeah, and I think to be fair, you know, we've got quite a few guys we're going to run through here. Um, and and because they're UDFAs, most of these guys probably won't get drafted unless you have like you know a five or six round rookie draft, and it's like a a fourteen team league or something. You know, then where you're just you're just scraping the bottom of the barrel. But I think most of these guys are kind of ones that hey, maybe you don't need to pick them up right now, but they're names to be aware of, and just be aware of the situation. Watch how things play out through okay. training camps, through preseason. If they're getting a bit of buzz, maybe then scoop in um, and just grab them quickly. And th for me, this next guy sort of falls into that category. Um, it's Bryant Kobach. He's running back. He uh, went undrafted, but he's gone to the Minnesota Vikings, my Vikings. Again, they have a fairly crowded running back room. So you're thinking, well, why is that intriguing? The reason for me is just because he, um, Brian Kobach, I know was really high on some people like analytics people's lists. He really popped in a lot of like different people's models. I even, I remember I had a fun little, like just mock draft pre NFL draft with, um, Jacob Sanderson and he's a real big analytics guy. And we did a little like two or three, I think it was a three round rookie mock and we got near the end of the third round. And he said, look, I'm just going to take a guy. I probably don't have to take here, but I really like is Brian Kobach. And, you know, he kind of talked about him for a little bit and it just kind of stuck with me. And he's not somebody that I really studied a lot of, I believe he come out of Toledo. But um, he just he he did really well there, and again, some people were like comparing him to like sort of Kareem Hunt and things like that, and like just like his skill set. Um, the reason being, so obviously with Dalvin Cook, he's getting a little bit older. He's had his injuries. Um, he had, does have a big contract, but I believe the Vikings can get out of that next year. Uh, Madison is coming up to the end of his rookie deal. I don't think you know after what they've been through with 
Dalvin Cook. I doubt that they're in a real hurry to sign a big, massive contract. They've just drafted Ty Chandler, who I do really like, but you probably will have to draft him in your rookie drafts if you want him. Probably late, but you probably will have to draft him. I think I've seen him getting drafted in most rookie drafts. But Brian Kobach is a guy that probably for now, you can just keep an eye on, just highlight him on Sleeper as somebody you're watching on the watch list and just hear, listen for how things shake out, see what the reports are. Um, if it gets into the season and he's starting to get a little bit of run, maybe scoop him up because again, looking forward to next year, we just don't know how things are going to shake out. Um, but that, again, that was sort of me waxing lyrical here as a Vikings fan. What are your thoughts? Do you have anything to say nice about Frank? Go back here, um, Matt. We're going to try and keep it positive on the UDFAs. Yeah, well, I mean, you you covered most of it, obviously, being a, being a Vikings fan. I feel like you've got more of a, an edge on this guy than what I have. But like you said, he's got that prototypical running back size. So that's already one positive that he's got. Um, and if you're looking at these UDFAs, that, that's kind of what you're looking for, that guy that can that can carve out a role given the, the, the size that he's got and, and the ability that he has. So... Yeah, landing with the Vikings, like you say, it's, it's a crowded backfield. He needs a lot of things to, to fall his way, but he's got that size. If he does get that opportunity, I feel like he could carve out some kind of role there or at least be, be relevant when given the opportunity. So um, definitely one of those guys that you've, you've at least got to keep an eye on, see how things play out um, during the off-season, maybe flashes a little bit in, in pre-season. Um, and then, yeah, maybe you've got potential to even move him on before. He doesn't even have to play a snap in the NFL. Maybe if he just gets that little bit of little bit of buzz, we just need that one Twitter video, don't we, to to get circled around that one training camp video, and we might get a little enough buzz just to be able to move him on for for any kind of future pick. So, yeah, I can understand why somebody that you could you could target off off of, off your waivers. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, one of the best things to do with UDFAs is just pick up those guys that you think, man, there could just be a week. There could be a week in week eight when it's like by apocalypse <laughs> and like this guy's going to be the name all of a sudden and you can flip him for like, because again, if it's a UDFA and you're getting him for $2 fab off the waiver wire and then you flip him for a 23 third, that's, that's money in the bank, you know, um, that's a better class. You've just you know, traded into for basically free. So definitely, and it, you don't have to get off UDFA straight away, but I'm just saying like, if it is a situation, you know, it's always, it's always, I always find this is really funny. There's always that temptation where like, um, oh man, you know, I've got this guy and if anything good ever happens, I can't wait to flip him. And then something <laughs> good happens and you sort of like, oh, maybe I should keep it. <laughs> There's always like that, that moment where we like, yeah. we're so like, we're so like, happy with ourselves that we're going to like fool everyone and we're going to get like a second round pick for this guy blah 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 and then it happens and we fool ourselves into thinking that he's going to be a thing and we just keep him too long and then we can't get the value that we could have got out of him so don't do that to yourselves um word to the wise i mean we could probably have a whole podcast just about stories like that where i've <laughs> i've done that to myself so many times where i'm Me like too. this guy's a bum but if anything happens i'm flipping him straight away and then something happens i'm like that was pretty impressive. <laughs> Did you see that 65-yard run? <laughs> I've definitely been there, Evan. I've definitely been there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it comes from being like, you know, a fan of a team that's like a perennial loser, you know? Like, just like hope, <laughs> hope burns eternal. Um, so here we go. This guy, though, honestly... Out of the whole list of guys, this is one of the guys that I would suggest you picking up, maybe even drafting. If you've got like a four or five round rookie draft um, and you've got a couple of fourths or something like that, Abram Smith um, in New Orleans, I would suggest either drafting very late or certainly making him a priority of grabbing him off the waiver wires. But I'll get Matt's take on it first. And if he doesn't like him or thinks he's crap, I'll just cut that out. And then I'll talk about him really well for a couple of minutes. What are your thoughts on Abram Smith going with, to the Saints? 
Yeah, don't worry, you don't have to cut me out here, Evan, because I fully agree. Out, out of the list that, that we've put together, it is the one that stands out for me. Um, obviously, we, we know he's gone undrafted, but the, the guaranteed money that he's been given, we, we've seen it all over Twitter, people talking about the amount of money that he's got. It, it equates to what a, a fifth rounder would would get in the NFL draft. So already that's that's a huge bonus for, for Smith. And then the fact that he lands with the Saints, this is a running back room that there's nobody really behind Alvin Kamara. And then we've got to remember Alvin Kamara's still got those legal issues hanging over his head as well. We don't know how that's going to play out um, this offseason and leading into to next year. So Smith's got a real opportunity here to, to become a starter or at least provide some some fantasy production as early as week one. Um, doesn't really have anyone of note to, to beat out in this backfield. So even if Kamara gets through all these, these legal issues, this could be the, the 1B to, to Alvin Kamara's 1A. And yeah, he's the guy that stands out for me out of this entire list. And and you mentioned about taking him late in drafts. I know in a lot of the rookie drafts that I've been a part of, he's gone in those fourth rounds. Um, I've actually seen him go late third round. So there's definitely some smart people out there that pay attention to to Twitter and, and all the buzz on Twitter. So um, yeah, this is a guy that if, you, if you're wanting to get him, I feel like you're going to have to take him in, in your rookie drafts. He's, he's not going to be falling to waves, I don't believe. Oh man. Yeah. People are getting smarter than that's, that's a shame. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I agree a hundred percent with what you're saying. We've seen, you know, Mark Ingram be really successful for fantasy in the past behind Alvin Kamara. Mark Ingram is still there technically, I believe mm-hmm. at this point yeah. in time, but he is like 32 years old. He doesn't have as much juice as he used to. Um, and Abram Smith is a good, like uh, uh, everything else aside, like he's actually a good running back. Like, yeah. His last year at Baylor was pretty impressive, like really, really, really nice numbers he put up and um, put some really good tape on. I mean, he only has that one year of really solid production, but that's because they changed their system and changed their running style and changed coaching staffs and things like that. So the fact that the Saints made him a priority signing as a UDFA, they gave him that guaranteed money, 100%. He's worth a dart throw, especially over a lot of these other guys that we're going to talk about. So definitely lock it in. And when Abram Smith is a top 12 running back, we're going to cut this whole sound (laughs) clip out and me and Matt are going to like, tag team you know just do like an amazing uh victory lap that is going to last for like six months um joshua corbin udfa signs with the giants what are your thoughts are you excited is this get you a little bit more revved up (laughs) well i mean you've hit a couple of a couple of good points there you've hit a running back you've hit my giants you're definitely pulling at the the heartstrings here but i mean there's there's one big piece of my heart here that's 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 put aside to, to the starting running back for the Giants and Saquon <laughs> Barkley. So you've got a tough task for me to get excited by any other uh, New York Giant running back apart from Saquon. Um, but yeah, there's there's potential there. We, we know Saquon, although he is a, an absolute elite running back in, in terms of, of what he can do in the NFL and and how he is as a, as a running back, we do know that these though his injury concerns, his, his struggle as a New, a New York Giants fan, it's, it's been really tough to see him go through those injuries. So if anything were to happen this year yes there's, there's opportunity for him to to take a bit of a role on there if, if Barkley goes down I know we brought in Matt Breeder another running back that's that shown flashes in in the past so uh, maybe there could be a little bit of committee form there as as a running back behind Saquon Barkley but yeah you're going to struggle having to get me too excited by by a New York Giants running back that's not named Saquon Barkley man i feel like i'm just <laughs> failing here left right and center like two two failures in a row i mean we're talking dfas what more do you want matt um i'm gonna try one more time with somebody that i'm excited about so i'll see if i can get you get your juices flowing here with kennedy brooks running back um attach himself to the philadelphia eagles we sort of mentioned with abram smith about him getting guaranteed money as a udfa i believe kennedy brooks is one of the only other udfa running backs who's gotten some guaranteed money um from the eagles obviously sanders is a good running back we know he had some health concerns last year um but 
the 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 running back depth chart is fairly unpredictable behind him, so there could be some could be some uh, some opportunity there potentially. What are your thoughts on Candy Brooks? Are you interested at all? Yeah, I think we're getting back on track here, Evan, because this is the guy that, that I've been targeting off it. You, off you were waivers. about to jump out the window. You're going to stay around for another couple of minutes. <laughs> you, you were on, you're on your final chance there, Evan, so you, you pulled it out of the back right at the end. But yeah, Kennedy Brooks is the guy that, that I've been targeting late, even round four or five in, in my in my rookie drafts and then being able to pick him off, off of waivers as well. Um, definitely somebody I've been targeting. Like you touched upon the fact that he goes to to the Eagles, got that guaranteed money. That's already a, a big tick for me. Any, any of these UDFAs that they get paid a, a large amount of guarantee money it feels like they're basically being selected in the nfl draft to me because they're getting that money that, that equates to what a, a fifth round would get so um yeah already he's a guy that again stands out on this list lands with the eagles there's potential there for him to, to carve out a role like touched upon miles sanders while he has looked good in in spots he's also struggled with with the injuries and then behind behind um, miles sanders and the eagles is not really a great deal obviously kenny gamewell a guy that a lot of people like last year um he really showed some some flashes when given the opportunity, but I feel like Kennedy Brooks is another guy that that fits that mold can can show flashes if given given the opportunity. We know the Eagles are becoming that that more of a run heavy team. Maybe they go back a little bit more more pass heavy now that they've got some more more solid weapons in in AJ Brown there. So um, the situation is it's a bit of unknown at the minute, but I do like the fact that he's landed with the Eagles and hopefully can carve out some kind of role. And and with that, yeah, you've got a potential great return on investment if he does get that opportunity. There we go. We're back in the building, back in business. <laughs> Got him excited again. Um, but I might just kill the excitement here now. <laughs> just gonna, before we leave the Eagles, just quickly, um, UDFA, Carson Strong. So Jalen Hurts is in town. He looks like the starter, locked and loaded, ready to rock. Um, Carson Strong obviously fell through the draft, as a lot of the quarterbacks did, didn't get drafted, has concerns um, health-wise. You know, he's a very talented passer, um, very accurate passer, but unfortunately there's some real concerns with his knees and just with his health and things like that. So do you have any interest whatsoever? Like maybe if you have Hurts or something like that, are you picking him up in like a super flex league just off the waivers or something like that? Or are you just kind of... Nah. To be honest, no, Evan. I'm not even. Even if I've got hurts, I'm I'm not targeting Carson Strong. This is a guy that I really didn't like as a, a prospect coming in. You touched upon his, he's a good throw of the ball, but we, we're talking fantasy football, aren't we, Evan? And you've just got to look, Matt Jones. This this is a poor Matt Jones to me. This is a guy that offers nothing, literally nothing. He had minus rushing yards, I believe, in in college last year. So he offers nothing in terms of of upside and, and running the ball. And I feel like people just want to create some kind of like we've talked about earlier, some kind of QB battle over there with the Eagles. A lot of people are, are low on Jalen Hurts. They don't want to believe that he can he can be the starter long term for the Eagles. And I just feel like because he is there with the Eagles battling battling with Hurts, that, that they just want to make something out of out of Carson Strong. But no, for me, he's not even somebody I'm targeting off waivers in in Superflex League. I just I just can't see any kind of upside at all with Carson Strong. Oh man, that is a proper like. You um, just dropped the hammer on. I him. went like, in there, didn't I? Rope. <laughs> just like you've destroyed this man's soul. Like he is buried. You. I'm going to call you the Undertaker. I mean, you just like snatched his soul here. Um, so I apologize to Carson Strong. I know he's a big fan of the show. Um, please don't don't take that personal. That's just Matt. He's just salty Giants fan. So you know that's why he's burying you. Um, but yeah, moving on to Jalen Wienermeyer, um, the tight end who was a pen, you know potentially the tight end one according to some people pre-draft. Um, or not pre-draft, but just at the start of the process, a lot of people really like Jalen Weidermeyer. Um, obviously, it just fell apart for him. He had a really bad pre-draft process. He really tested, like, like not 
bad, like historically bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ended up going, falling all the way through undrafted, but he does attach himself to the Buffalo Bills, very high-powered offense. Unfortunately, there is already Dawson Knox. I believe they brought in Jordan Howard as well, so it's a fairly crowded room. With all those different weird spices in the in the stew, are you interested at all, or are you just going to pass on this dish here, Matt? Nah, I'm, I think I'm passing on this one. Like we, we spoke about, for, to be a tight end and, and going new DFA, it's, it's tough to get excited by. Um, you touched upon it. I was one of those guys that early on in the process. He, he was up there in, in terms of my rankings. Um, but then, as you said, absolutely absolutely bombed out in terms of, of what he could produce in, in, in his athletic testing. I don't even know what time he ran, but it, it was it was slow. I think I could have maybe put up a, a better number than what he I did. I believe so. he's still running as we yeah, potentially. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was terrible, and it's absolutely killed his draft stock going going undrafted. Lands with the the Bills. I could see people getting excited by the Bills. Obviously, we know it's a it's a strong offense now with with Josh Allen over there and and how how passive they they become. It's interesting, but like you touched upon, he's got competition. Dawson Knox, he had his breakout season last year. He's shown he's got a connection with, with Josh Allen. And then as you touched upon, brought in OJ Howard from the, the Buccaneers. This is a former first-round pick. Um, while it's not played out for him, he's a guy that I've really liked over the years. It's it's a shame it's not quite played out. Obviously, dealt with injuries. So the fact that he's come, going up against a, an athletic titan like OJ Howard and then a guy that showed that production with with the quarterback in, in Dawson Knox, it just feels like there's... There's basically no way for him to to get any kind of role here in in this offense. So, for me, he's somebody that I'm I'm not targeting sadly and picking him up off off my waivers. Yeah, sadly, um, sadly he will just live on the waivers, and I will sadly. giggle giggle to myself when I scroll through his past his name. Yeah. <laughs> um, another guy that I thought was an interesting sort of dart throw pre draft just because of his size and speed, Devonta Price, um, running back. He ends up. Going undrafted, sadly, which wasn't that big a surprise based on his weird sort of profile and like fifth year senior and all that kind of stuff. Florida International, I believe. Um, I did like him. I, I thought he was an interesting guy because he's so big and tall and fast. And I thought, man, if he could put some more meat on the bones, he could be really interesting in a year or two. But he lands with the Indianapolis Colts. And that's a little bit of a problem for me. Um, it might be for you as well. What are your thoughts on him? Is there any sort of, I mean, there's this guy. I don't know if you've heard of him, um, but. I hear good things. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is there, mm-hmm. and um, there's a guy, probably the lead dog, Naeem Hines, and then um, they've also brought in um, former UDFA legend um, Phil Lindsay. Mm-hmm. So they've also brought him in now as well. So I mean, is there any hope or any interest whatsoever on Devonte Price? Um, I think he did get some guaranteed money to stay, but man, with those like four guys now in the running running room like do you have any interest whatsoever i think maybe if we recorded this show last week i could have got a little bit more excited but like touched upon the fact that they brought in philip Lindsay now as well it's just become a real crowded room this could have potentially been that that handcuff for jonathan taylor while nowhere nowhere not even close to being anything like jonathan taylor but this is a guy that that my co-host kev he was really high on pre-draft i mean he was going crazy high at one point he was he was talking about having him rb5 in his ranking so a guy a guy <laughs> oh, that no. he, he was super high on at one point he he did manage to see sense and, and calm himself down a little bit but that kind of opened my eyes the fact that kev was so interested by him i had a little look at price and and like it touched upon his He's shown flashes. He's shown he's shown that he can produce in in the college level. Like he said, a, a guy that maybe needs to put on a, a little bit of weight, a little bit of muscle. Um, landed with the Colts, as I say, it would have been interesting as a as a handcuff to to Jonathan Taylor. But 
yeah, it's just such a crowded backfield over there that I feel like it's going to be tough for him to get any kind of role there. And sadly, just going to be one of those guys that's never going to get that opportunity, I don't think, and, and fade away. Yeah, it is. It is sad. Um, here's a guy. So this is this was the biggest sort of, I guess I want to say is the biggest surprise of the draft that he went undrafted. But it's not really when you think of the context. So Justin Ross, wide receiver out of Clemson, super talented guy. Like it was pure, as far as I'm aware, it was just purely a medical thing. He had some serious medical conditions over the last couple of years um, that were real red flags for people, for teams. And honestly, if he had a clean bill of health, I think he would have been like a top five receiver in this class. I mean, he's just such a talented dude. So it's really sad, but he does attach himself to the Kansas city chiefs um, as an undrafted free agent. You know, there's obviously a need there. Tyreek Hill's out of town. They're changing, kind of shifting their 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 way of playing, things like that. I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I'm sure you're you're intrigued by this landing spot, but how intrigued I suppose is the better question. So I mean, obviously, if he's sitting on the waivers, you'll probably pick him up for free and just stash him. But are you drafting him still, or um, or how much fab sort of are you willing to throw to try and get him? To be honest, Evan, I'm going to have to hold back here because this could be another one where I'm absolutely going in on a, on a player and, and I really don't want to do it again to, to just give myself a You said you liked UDFAs. Here you are. You're just like... You've got me going, Evan, to be fair. You, you riled me up with Carson Strong and now you, you're putting in Justin Ross. I mean, you, you've touched upon it. I think that the fact that he's landed with the Chiefs is why everybody's getting so excited by him. There's no denying that he had that early production over at Clemson, obviously, with with Trevor Lawrence. Showed that he could have potentially been a top-end wide receiver in, in this draft class. But for me, it's just, you've just got to look. The numbers are, are clear in sight, to be honest. The fact that nobody took a chance on him during the NFL draft. If he is such a, a great player, why didn't somebody take a shot at him in, in the fifth, sixth, seventh round of the NFL draft? Why? it fell all the way to to being an undrafted free agent that's my one concern and then it's just the fact that he's he's landed with the chiefs everyone's now getting super excited i mean if, if he landed anywhere apart from the, the chiefs i don't think anyone's getting excited by him we know he's dealing with a really serious neck injury that, that is coming off of it. hopefully that's that's all going to work out fine and it's not going to hinder him in terms of what he can do in in the nfl but i just feel like people are they're just getting crazy by the landing spot landing with the chiefs and i just think personally if if there was anything there, he would have somebody would have took a chance on him, I think, in the NFL draft. The fact that they didn't, it, it's telling me something. I think it's got to tell everybody something. There's a reason why that happened. So I'm not going to fall for the trap of him landing with the Chiefs. And, and let's not forget the Chiefs have brought in some some players as well in the, in the NFL draft and in the offseason. So it's not exactly a, an empty wide receiver room. They've obviously got one of the best tight ends in football as well. So um, sadly, I just feel like people are getting far too excited by, by Justin Ross. And I think they need to pump the brakes a little bit, to be honest. Who hurt you? <laughs> Did you see how I said I weren't going to go in and then I, I still went in anyway. Yeah, you went in deep. You went in heavy. Like this man, he's got medical conditions. You can't go this 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 brutal on him. Like this is not cool. Um, yeah, no, I I appreciate everything you're saying. I mean, I think that you know, obviously, I know there was a lot of hype for like Cornell Powell last year, and he became nothing. And um, you know, Michael Harmon even, you know, is, he's just not been very useful for fantasy, and he was actually drafted. So, yeah, I think people overhype any sort of Chiefs skill position player in general. Um, I would probably take a shot on him sort of like in the fifth rounds or or on the waiver wire just from a flip perspective because I think if he makes the roster, um, you know, or he's on, you know, does has a good play in the preseason, you know, you know what people are like. I think they'll just be so much hype. Like you said, you can just flip him for a third round pick or something like that. It's just money in the bank. So I'm not expecting much from him. I think that, 
like you, I thought he was, I personally, well, not like you, I actually thought he was a talented player, but <laughs> I thought he was a talented player when I watched him, especially like his freshman tape and stuff. But the fact that he fell to UDFA to me says everything that I feel like I need to know to be that excited about him because there's some wide receiver needy teams out there. And if it was just like a, ooh, we're a little bit concerned, we're not sure, they're going to throw a six-round pick. I mean, they were taking punters in like the fifth and sixth rounds and yeah. stuff like that. So if they think that there's a chance that this dude is going to be absolutely legit and like, you know, be a stud, even if it's like a 20% chance, they probably would have pulled the trigger in the fifth, mm-hmm. sixth, seventh round even. Um, so yeah, for me, it's just a more of a, I'll take a speculative ad if I've got like three or four fifth round picks or something and I'm like I will, looking I will for add, players. I will add that. I will, I will take a shot on him. I'm, I'm not saying not to take a shot on him. I'm just, I've seen him go late third, mid third, even early third round in, in some rookie drafts. And that's just far too crazy. When we're talking about guys that have been like guy like Jalen Tolbert, these kind of wide receivers that have got that solid draft cap. But the fact that he's going that early, it just blows my mind. I just, I can't wrap my head around it. But on, on the flip side, if he's on waivers and nobody wants him, then I'm more than happy to take a shot on, on a guy that could potentially have some opportunity there with the Chiefs. But I just think he's been far too overdrafted at the minute based on landing spot. Another guy that I think is quite interesting and is kind of going under the radar, and I understand why, but I've become more and more intrigued by in the last couple of days as I've thought about this, is Quandre White. So he was fairly productive last year. He had a pretty good year. He kind of grew up, um, came up on people's draft boards. And he goes in undrafted, sadly, but he attaches himself to the Miami Dolphins. Now, at first thought, you're like, oh, that sucks. You know, that's a crowded back room. But really, when you start thinking about it, like, I mean, Chase Edmonds is a good running back, and I think he'll have the first crack at the whip. Um, But... You know, Raheem Mostert has never been able to stay healthy. So I'm not like buying into the idea that he's just going to be like this absolute stud, like take the backfield and run with it. Um, also, Sony Michelle been hit or miss, you know, had his ups and downs. They didn't pay him a lot of guaranteed money or anything like that. And I just think it's interesting because of the coaching tree that he comes from. You know, the Shanahan coaching tree is that kind of coaching tree that's like, oh, I don't really care if I just took a third round running back. If this seventh rounder or undrafted guy is better, I'll throw him in. I don't care. You know, so I feel like it's one of those, it's just an opportunity thing because we don't know yet. We haven't seen it. I know Gaskin's there. I know all these guys are there. But at this point in time, we don't know because we haven't seen it. It's his first year as a head coach, uh, Mike McDaniel, and it's a new scheme. It's new. Everything's new. So we don't know there's opportunity. And because he is an undrafted free agent, I feel like I haven't seen him get drafted hardly anywhere. So you can just pick him up for free and stash him and see what happens. That's what I would be thinking of doing. Do you have any interest in him at all? Or are you kind of like completely opposite of me yet again? And you're just going to like crush all my hopes and dreams. <laughs> Absolutely not, Evan. I'm, I'm back in with you again now with, with, uh, with why this is a guy that I've been picking up off my, my waivers. It was a shame to see so Michelle um go there because before that I was even more excited by him but that's kind of maybe put a little bit of damper on it but like for every reason that you touched upon this is a uh, an offense is a scheme that's gonna gonna tie in nice to, to the 49ers with Mike McDaniels going over there and if he's anything like like Kyle Shanahan he doesn't care about where these guys were drafted or anything he just wants that production we, we've seen it last year with Elijah Mitchell in, in in San Francisco the fact that he went after Trey Sermon but that didn't matter at all he became the starter and and he ran away with it, and he fits that mold where he could be the potential starting running back at some point down the line for the Miami Dolphins. I know they've invested money in, in Chase Edmonds. I just think that there's a, an opportunity there for him, no matter how crowded this backfield is. If he can perform on, on the training field in, in preseason, leading up to, up to the NFL season, I feel like he could get a shot. And if he gets a shot, we know the, the rewards you can get from that 49er-style backfield. Um, if the Dolphins bring that same kind of style over, then yeah, I mean, this is a guy that I'm taking a shot on. Touching like we've we've mentioned with a lot of these these running backs, 
there's potential there to, to take this running back, get that early production, and then it's it's up to you. You can you can move off him, or maybe it could be the next Elijah Mitchell. Who knows? Love it. See, I think we got like this really weird dysfunctional relationship going on where we're like really <laughs> hot and cold on and off. You know, it's like uh, I don't know what's going on. Maybe we need to go to couple counseling or something because you know half the time it's like we can't even look at each other, and then the other half time we're like you know. We're totally on, in lockstep here. So <laughs> we're on we're on the Zaquandre White train. We're all aboard. Um, here's another guy then. So this one was actually a Matt special. Mm-hmm. So he's <laughs> added Sincere McCormick, um, which is a great name. I mean, I've got to say, first and foremost, I am a massive believer in drip factor. I think we need to incorporate that into our <laughs> rankings more. Um, he doesn't have a, the third at the end of his name because if he did, I mean, mm. my goodness, this guy would be a second round pick in rookie drafts. But <laughs> Sincerely, um, McCormick, <laughs> I'm curious what your thoughts are. He's gone to the Las Vegas Raiders, which is um, becoming a very crowded backfield very quickly. Mm-hmm. But what do you like about Sincere and why are you thinking he's worthy of sort of like a little taxi spot? Yeah, there could be a little bit of bias here because this is a guy that I really like pre-draft. I, I was far too high on him. I'll, I'll admit it now that I, had, I think I had him all the way up at RB4, RB5 in, in my rankings, even though he came from a, a small school over at UTSA. Um, but the production that he had over there, three years, rushed for over 4,000 yards and um, 34 rushing touchdowns. But then he also contributed in in the receiving game, 66 receptions for, for over 500 receiving yards. So already you've got that production shown. He can be a three-down back. Um, there's obviously not. There's going to be knocks against him. I mean, he's gone undrafted, so clearly there's there's some concerns. His size could be one of them. Five foot eight, um, just over two hundred pounds. So not the biggest back. Um, but I just like the situation he's landed in with the the Raiders. Everybody's getting super excited by Samia White landing over there. We know Josh Jacobs. They didn't take up that fifth year fifth year option. So people are getting super excited by Samia White landing there, thinking there could be could be something there, maybe long term with him. But I feel like the same could be said for Cynthia McCormack. I know they didn't invest any any draft capital in him, but the fact that they brought him in and as I say, he's just got that college production, albeit from a, a smaller school. Um, he's just a guy that I think is really intriguing and lands in a spot where potentially down the line he could see some opportunities. But I think he could potentially even be that that third down running back. Zamir White, we know he's just a, a two two down guy. He's shown no real production in the receiving game. Josh Jacobs, while he has shown he can be a receiving back, he's never really been used in that way. So that just leaves him fighting Kenyon Drake. And, and we know the injury issues that he's had. He actually um, missed a lot of the, the end of last season and he might be struggling to, to make it for week one this year. So I feel like Sincere McCormick could be a guy that could see early opportunity maybe being that pass catching in running back and yeah then it's time to get excited again for Cynthia McCormick <laughs> uh yeah I dig it I mean I think that's you know I think in general when we have these like nebulous backfields and we're not sure what's happening sometimes the best option is just to take the cheapest option and mm-hmm. see what happens because you know their overall sort of like drafts capital like kind of well i suppose like in a startup or like in a rookie draft or something like that a lot of these guys are probably going to go a little bit later than they would because there's that unknown they're like i don't really know is is jacobs the guy is white the guy is amir abdullah the guy we don't know what's happening so i think sometimes it's the best thing is to just take the the cheapest guy and just see what happens because if you get zaquandre white and then you get sincere mccormick and you have a couple of these other guys maybe only one of them actually does anything but that's again it's all free money because you've been picking these guys up off the waivers and things if you've got a big taxi squad so uh, yeah I, I totally dig the logic here and another matt special this this guy i i mean first of all 
again, great name, <laughs> Julius Chestnut. I mean, that sounds like you've made that up. That sounds like you've like you've created your your ideal dynasty sleeper, and it's Julius Chestnut. Uh, I know you're high on this guy. I remember seeing you tweet about this guy and <laughs> threads galore. Um, he lands with the Tennessee Titans, so he's obviously got King Henry there in the way. He's also got Hassan Haskins to deal with, um, possibly even Dontrell Hilliard, if I'm if my memory serves. But mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on Chestnut? What do you like about him, and what why do you believe, other than his epic name, that he is worthy of a taxi spot? I mean, I, I feel like I'm hitting it on with the names. I mean, I picked two two running backs. Probably got the best two names in, in terms of bangers. Uh, Absolutely. So I feel like I've already got a win there by picking the best names. But um, yeah, this is a guy that I've been high on. I've, I'm a sucker for it, Evan. Picking out these these smaller school running backs, I'm an absolute sucker for for the running back position. But then these these smaller schools as well. And this is a guy that really stood out to me. The production that he had and um, played over at Sacred Heart again, another really amazing name for it for a college now. So we've got an amazing college name and then an amazing running back. So the two fit beautifully together. Five foot eleven, two hundred thirty pound. That absolute perfect prototypical size for a running back. Um, and then you just got to go over to, to play a profile. Look at his dominator rating, 44%. That's 94th percentile. College yards per carry, 6.4, 82 percentile. So the stats are standing out. Again, I'll I'll put the caveat is obviously over at a smaller school, but it just fits all the all the things that you're looking for in, in one of these dart throws. I feel like he's got it all. He can contribute in the passing game. I've heard on, on Twitter looking at some of the beat reporters over at training camp, he's, he's showing out in terms of his receiving ability. So... Everything's just pointing towards this being a potential dart throw. Obviously, there's risk involved here. We're talking about UDFAs here. So um, this is just one of those Hail Marys that I'm going for. And if it hits, you're never going to hear the end of it. But we know he's sat behind Derek Henry, the king. But we know he also he's coming off a, a tough injury last year. Maybe. Are we finally seeing the, the cliff for Derek Henry? Um, if so, I feel like Julius Chestnut could be be the new name for the Tennessee Titans running back. Oh, I love that. I mean, <laughs> the name alone is worthy of a taxi spot, I feel. You know, if you can't have guys like Julius Chestnut from Sacred Heart on your on your taxi squad, what is a taxi squad for? <laughs> if he ever does anything whatsoever, I dread to I dread to think of the of the absolute shenanigans that are going to be taking place on Twitter. It'll be like Matt Chestnut. That'll be, <laughs> that'll be what it is. It'll be Well, it'll I've got a vague surname, got a tattoo, everything. I've got a vacancy. Obviously, Michael Carter's now now gone from from my life. There's a vacancy opened up to to be my new partner over there on on Twitter. And Julius Chestnut, he, he could be the guy. Evan. Well, there you go, folks. We have talked through some UDFA's. Hopefully, you found a couple of guys that you can stash on the taxi squad and just you know absolutely wait for them to blow up make a whole fortune or just win your league and then add us and just say you guys are geniuses. So <laughs> either way that works guys, Matt Thornton at Matt FF dynasty, absolute pleasure. What a gentleman, what a beautiful, beautiful man with a beautiful accent and some beautiful takes. So what's not to love, make sure to give him a follow over at the Twitter bot and check out his work at fantasy wildcard. Um, check out the, uh, the work he does over at the FF astronauts. Um, some of these great threads that he puts out on guys like Julius chestnut. Um, he's, just a great dude great great follow and somebody that you definitely won't won't regret having more of in your life is there anything else you want to shout or plug or anything like that before we go matt i think you've covered everything to be honest evan i just want to say thank you for, for having me on like we said at, at the top of the show it's, it's been long overdue so the fact that we could finally do it it's it's been a lot of fun it's lived up to expectations we, we've had us ups and downs it's 
it's been all around perfect to be honest so just want to say thank you for, for for having me on well thank you very much for coming on we have laughed we've cried we have shared a moment in time i have appreciated you coming on and hopefully you will not be a stranger you're welcome back anytime and you're absolutely part of the dynasty debates family now so we love you and thank you for coming on here guys make sure and follow matt check out his work and hopefully you have got some great information of udfas and stick with us if you have spare 30 45 seconds in your life i would recommend i would highly highly recommend you go give a rating and a review to the fantasy wildcard and dynasty debate it is super helpful we really appreciate it and we are just glad you're here, glad you're listening, and glad you're checking in with us. So have a great time, guys, and speak to you soon. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, because I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really want to do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those Arby's on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate